0: You this morning. Well done for making it through the road closures. Um, uh, I think it took it even took quad by surprise this morning uh, where, when we found out there were road closures. I think I think what's happening um, uh, is that this afternoon at two o'clock the the new king is going to be proclaimed in the market square so there's going to be an announcement about uh, about him and I, I think that these are all preparations to uh to to get ready for for people wanting to to be there and to hear the proclamation of the new king what a week it has been um for for our country what what a, a few weeks it has been um, uh, in a real season of shaking and i think we've been all so used to the consistency or the constancy uh, that, that that her majesty the queen brought to us uh, that, that the monarchy brought to us and obviously that has con- that has continued um, but but in a moment of such shaking to have to have the realization that indeed Our our queen is also temporary. Um, She serves the one king whose kingdom lasts forever. And his name is Jesus. And she talked about him all the time, didn't she? So we've heard about that this morning. Um, This morning, we are embarking on a journey that's going to take us a little way. well, it's going to take us a little while, um, and we're going to go all through the the story of Jesus as told by Mark. Um, so, I just I want to help us understand for the first part of this um, a little bit about the the book of Mark, the Gospel of Mark. You'll find it at the beginning of um, the New Testament, just after the book of Matthew, and it and. It's telling a story that comes essentially after a long period, hundreds of years of silence from God. God's people are not in a, a kind of a, in that usual victorious state. They're, they're not in that state of going, ah, oh, we are, we really know who our God is. Um, they were going, ah, oh, un- we've, we've been invaded, we are oppressed um, and wh- where is this victory? Where is this victory? This victory we were singing of this morning. Where is it? Um, that was going on in Israel, and Judea. Uh, the Romans had invaded, um, and, and Mark tells the story of how Jesus comes and how many people expected him to be the general, the, the Messiah, the, the, the John McLean who's going to save the day and, and, and single-handedly dismantle, um, di- dismantle the, the, the Roman Empire and bring about victory again to, uh, to Israel, to Judea. And Mark is telling this story, not for the benefit actually, of people that are in Judea, I want you to imagine that you're actually many, many miles away. Okay, so transport yourself to Italy, to to Rome. And you're in Rome in about 64 AD. Okay, there is an emperor on the throne in Rome. And this is where Mark is at the time. And uh, his name is Nero. Nero wants a big new palace. And so what he does is sets Rome on fire. So there is a great fire of Rome in 64 AD. Then what he does afterwards is to say... Oh, Rome, oh, isn't it terrible that it's burnt down? I can build a new palace, (laughs) ha, ha, ha. But isn't it terrible? I tell you whose fault it was. It was that new cult. It was those Christ followers. It was those Christians. It was that church that did it. Look at them over there. We don't under, they don't follow our, our law. They don't follow our, our gods the, the way that we understand the world. They're different. They're, they're, there's a difference here. These churchy people, these Christians, it's their fault. And so 64 AD in Rome, not a great place to be if you are a Christian, if you're part of the church. You you put yourself out there as a Christian, you declare that you love Jesus, you could well find your way on, on the way to court. You could find your way on the, with a sentence of death. Nero had a fondness, I read, for, for using Christians as candles in his garden. That was one of the ways that he oppressed and struck fear into, into the church. And so, so the church in Rome, which at that time there you've got Mark. His name is actually John Mark. Okay? John is a Hebrew name, a Jewish name. Mark is a Latin name, a, a Roman name, so you 've got this guy who, even in his name, is kind of crossing cultures from from the the world of jesus and and it looks like Mark was around actually he he was an eyewitness of Jesus was prob- was in in that wider circle of of jesus um, followers, but he, he's crossing the culture from from the land of Jesus and the time of jesus he's John, Mark, he understands the he, he understands the Hebrew and all of this. And he's also got this Latin education. The, sorry, this Greek education with, with his Latin name. So, so he is he's writing down in Greek. He seems quite an educated guy. And um, he is he's crossing this culture, telling the story of Jesus to a to a people who. Don't know much about don't know much about it. Don't know much about um, they've heard about Jesus, but they don't know much about Hebrew life and, and so on. So throughout the story of Mark, as as we'll we'll see, often he'll he'll drop in a Aramaic word and he'll say, "Oh, it means this." Um, uh, and he's often there'll be a, there'll be a little moment where. There's this ritual going on. And he says, actually, let me explain that to you. It's because of this. And, and so there's a lot of I- explaining the, the ritual and, and, and words of Hebrew life, of, of life in Israel and Judea to, uh, to the Roman church. What was basically happening was this, this church in Rome was persecuted. It was scared. And, and church history tells us um, that, so this isn't, this isn't from the Bible, but, but writings around the church tell us that people were going, Peter, because Peter, the disciple of Jesus, who was like one of the main guys, was there in Rome as well. And, and they were like, Peter, tell us that story of Jesus again. Go on, t- tell us the story. What, how did it go? Tell us that one where you went out on the water. Tell us that one where he asked you who, who he was. Tell us, tell us exactly what happened. Tell us when you went up on the mountain and saw Jesus um, in his glory. Tell us all about it. And basically, I think Peter was getting a bit tired of telling all the stories all the time. He was like, oh, I just need a break. It's just like being with Jesus again, and just need, needing a break from the crowd sometimes. And so, Mark goes and writes it down. In fact, the, the, the people of the church say, "Mark, would you would, you're really good at writing? Would you would you write it down for us?" And um, and so he writes down this story. Essentially, he writes down Peter's stories of Jesus. That's that's what we get the sense of. So it's you could almost call it the gospel of Peter, in in a way, because it's really told from Peter's Peter's eyewitness view. Um, that that's this vision that we get of Jesus here. Mark was there too, so he's he, so it's kind of really well collaborated, but and, and a and a, a very trustworthy document, but. But it's essentially told from Peter's view. So Peter wasn't there when Jesus was born. So you don't find the story of Jesus' birth in the Gospel of Mark. Peter wasn't there when Jesus went off to the temple and got lost there when he was 12 years old. So you don't find that story in the Gospel of Mark. He tells Mark is telling this story really exactly from uh, these are the things that I saw or these are the things that I least heard about uh, from Peter's point of view, um, and he was doing writing it I suppose not to if you, let's let's imagine you're being persecuted in the church. You're scared, and yet you want to be able to worship Christ our Lord. More than than writing this account of Jesus to convince people to follow Jesus, actually, he's writing it to the church to encourage them to go, hey, you're already following Jesus. This is... This is what he's like. Isn't he good? Let me take you deeper into the story of Jesus. Let me help you see that yes, there were people that thought Jesus was mad. Just like they're calling us a cult. There were people that thought Jesus was mad. Let let me help you see that Jesus was misrepresented. He too Church stood before a Roman official and was condemned to death. If you read this gospel thinking Jesus will, Jesus will kind of make you rich, solve all your problems. This isn't the gospel to to read. For, well, the Bible isn't the book to read to to tell you that. To be fair, but but there's no sense. There's no sense that. Jesus is there solving all your problems, making you rich. This is Jesus, as we heard this morning, gets down in the gutter with you, reaches into the grave with you, meets you at your lowest point, suffers with you, sustains you for, as Martin said, he has overcome the world. He will resurrect you and bring you into that story that you might go and tell other people. In fact, it finishes quite abruptly, and it's like you're going to go and tell some other people about this. Then, so so uh, the Gospel of Mark is a real, vivid journey, and, and what Mark is trying to do is put people really into the picture, almost like it's almost there's there's so much kind of like extra detail into it. When I when I first encountered the Gospel of Mark, really, I was at university, and um, the 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 Christian Union were handing out Gospels or giving out Gospels of Mark to people to help them understand. And it was kind of labeled as this kind of, hey, it's the shortest Gospel. Like, you, you'll be able to read it really quickly. Hey, it's really tabloidy, really kind of fast-paced, and, and, and you ju- you'll just get it, okay? Um, and But there's so much extra detail in there. When, when he's telling the story of the five uh, feeding the five thousand, he says the grass was green. He, when, when he's telling the story of Jesus asleep in a boat in a storm, he says he was asleep on a cushion on a boat in a storm. Like, it's like, Mark, why are you telling us all, all this extra? I think he's really wanting to, Mark is wanting to put the readers into it to kind of go, Oh, I can see Jesus, I can see what he's like. I, I, i'm I'm getting to understand who he is here and and the way he's written he hasn't just taken all these all these um collections of peter and, and Peter just go because peter's a kind of like like shoot first ask questions later kind of guy like he he you know P, peter's like Oh, look, there's Jesus. Rather than row the boat to him, let me just jump out of the boat and swim to him. He's that, he's that kind of guy. He, he's the, oh, someone's about to take on Jesus. Let me cut off their ear kind of guy, right? He's, he's that kind of guy, and, and Jesus is always going, oh, Peter, you really nearly got it. <laughs> really nearly. Oh, I take a lot of, I take a lot of comfort from that. <laughs> oh, there was someone else who really nearly got it. <laughs> But he was just fast thinking, let me just go in with the action. And let uh, and and really Mark's telling the action, the action, the action. The whole way. He he doesn't just he doesn't just go, well, let me just take everything that Peter said. If Peter had written this book, it would probably just have been, oh, we'll put that there, that there, that there, and it would just be, it would just be this collective of stories like the way mark's written it it's kind of written in these broadly in these three acts we've got act one it's it's like a play or a movie where where act one is in galilee and and there are people trying to work they're just wowed like jesus you're amazing like who is who is this guy and then and then act two is kind of on the road from galilee the countryside to Jerusalem, the capital. And on the road, it's kind of with the disciples. And with the disciples, the disciples are kind of going, oh, who is this guy? Like getting used to who it is. And then he comes to Jerusalem, the capital. And, the, and the, this is act three, the final act, where God's people get to see who Jesus is. And it turns out it's not just God's chosen people, the Jewish people, the Hebrew people. But actually, it's, it's everyone who gets to see who Jesus is. And so, Mark is writing this in a kind of fast way, quick way, that, that you've, you've got to get it. There's like an immediacy about it. In fact, he uses the word immediately. Forty-two times. Okay, let me let's just set the tone here, okay? Whenever uh, let me give you permission and encourage you to do this. Whenever we are reading the gospel of Mark between now and Easter Sunday in twenty twenty three, if you hear the word immediately, let me hear your best race let, let me hear you say immediately. immediately. Immediately immediately. If you hear the word immediately, let me hear you go. Nio! Right, if you hear the word, we're only get. thank you. We're, we're, only, we're, only gonna, we're not gonna hear it very much today, but in coming weeks, oh, you are gonna scare the life out of whoever's reading, <laughs> reading it. But but I give you permission when whenever we hear the word immediately. You can you can say "Now!" And and because it is that fast-paced. Like there's just no let up. It's like let's put our foot to the floor. Are you ready for this Jesus ride? Let's go! And we get to the end. Whew, is fast. But but we are going to be going deep into this. We're going to be going deep into it because from, from now to, we, we finish on Easter Sunday, well, planning to finish on Easter Sunday, God willing, with the, with the story of the death and resurrection of Jesus. And even doing that, even with this short gospel, it's 16 chapters, maybe you might even call it 15 and a half chapters, because 16 isn't very long at all. So, so it's 16 chapters, and even then, we've got to put it in some really big chunks to get in there, to get there for Easter. You can appreciate we didn't really want to be like covering the death and resurrection of Jesus like two weeks after Easter. You, you get why we're trying to do this, right? So, so we're having to do it in these massive big chunks. And yet actually, I think big chunks is the way to read this gospel, okay? So it, I, I'm a big fan of like taking care over every word and, and looking at, at, at verse by verse. But, uh, and you'll undoubtedly see in the gospel of Mark that if you, if you do that, if you read a little chunk or a, or a verse at a time, you will see the truth of Jesus. But the way that Mark has written this, is that it goes, for, he uses kind of one scene to set up another. Like he uses maybe something physical in one scene to kind of tell a spiritual truth in the next. So we, we've got acts and we've got scenes. This kind, this thing is really like Jesus the movie directed by Mark. And, and, um, and it's there to encourage. It's there to encourage the church in, in the 60s just after Jesus, in 60s AD, in Rome, and it's very much there to encourage us. So, this morning, we are quickly going to look at the the first part of Mark chapter 1 going to read this out and it's a story of baptism and it's really the only story in the gospel of Mark that Peter didn't see. This is probably something that he heard about. This is a rumor that he heard about of John the Baptist, of Jesus, and it, and it goes like this. We're going to read from Mark chapter 1 verses 1 to 13. The beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord and make straight paths for him. And so John came baptizing in the desert, in the desert region, and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out Went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John was clothed, uh, John wore clothing made of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And, uh, this, was, and this was his message After me will come someone who's more powerful than I. The, the the thongs of whose sandals I'm not even worthy to stoop down and untie. I'm going to baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and he was baptized by John in the Jordan. And Jesus was coming up out of the water and he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove and a voice came from heaven, saying, You're my son, whom I love. With you, I'm well pleased. And at once the Spirit sent him out into the desert, and he was in the desert for 40 days, being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. Lord, we want to see you more. We want to understand what you're writing, uh, that your eternal words here written for, to comfort your church in Rome. Uh, Lord, we want to see the comfort in it for us. Uh, We want to know you more. Amen. Um, So, here is is Jesus, the opener of this, the kind of prelude, the, the the curtains open with the Old Testament prophets, Isaiah, Malachi. Um, uh, and if you, actually, if you actually take the time to have a look in Isaiah chapter 40 and Malachi chapter three, you will see that Mark has changed it a little bit. Don't recommend you do that. But what he's done is he's taken, make a highway for our, uh, he's taken the words that have taken God in a kind of here comes God and then he's, he's put it very much in personal terms for Jesus. So he said, here comes Jesus now. And, and Mark is coming, doing this physical baptism in the desert. And it's a baptism of repentance. And it's a baptism that says, hey, everything's been quiet. We haven't heard from God for hundreds of years. Let me tell you, the King is coming. He kind of gets his water and he says, "Oh, you really shouldn't sit on the front row when there's a youth leader here." (laughs) I'm not. I'm not doing. I'm not doing it to my wife. Not doing it to my lead elder. I know better. But you really should. You. He says, "Wake up! Wake up!" Thank you, Elliot. Thank you for being a very good sport. He says, wake up. The king is coming. The king is coming. He is on the way. And when he comes, I am not going to be able to even bow down and untie his shoelaces, which is something that even a servant could do. But John is saying, look, this guy is up here. And here he comes. Jesus comes and he turns up at the river and... And he is baptized, and this isn't a baptism of repentance for Jesus. Jesus had done nothing wrong. He didn't have anything to repent of. This this is no repentance for Jesus. This is an anointing. This is a this is like where King David is anointed by Samuel to be king. This is you just Amazed at how we see what's happening in the physical today, where in two hours' time the king will be proclaimed in our marketplace, just there. Jesus comes and and he is baptized, immersed in the water (coughs) at the beginning of this story, and John brings him out. And as Jesus comes out, he sees he sees the gap between heaven and earth just break down. He sees, he he hears the father's words over him saying, this is my son whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. It's like here come, even God is saying, world, here is the king. Here is the king. This is like his proclamation where the father says, if you want to do business with me, if you want to get to know me again, this is my son whom I love. With him, I'm well pleased. Check him out. He's going to be the one. He's going to be the one. And, and then there's, this, uh, and there's an anointing of the Holy Spirit comes, comes onto him. We, we see in this moment, there's just the Trinity is here. God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all meeting in this same place as Jesus is anointed into the water and pulled out and proclaimed as King. And yet when we're baptized, okay, we're not, ours is a baptism of repentance. And let me say this, we're right at the beginning of the story and we're talking about baptism. If you're at the beginning of your walk with Jesus, get baptized. We've got baptisms coming up 23rd of October. So looking forward to this. So looking forward to hearing the stories of people turning from sin, to following Jesus. People turning from an old way of life to following Jesus, to having their minds renewed. And, and what we're doing is, at, is kind of acting out and, and it's prophetic to say, I'm, I'm dying to the old way of life and coming up. I'm, I'm going into his death and to his resurrection because that's how he is king and coming up in, in new life. And, and we were singing that song earlier, weren't we? Death, uh, sin has no hold on you. Death could not contain you. Christ our Lord has overcome. The next line of it is the song for us, is, is, the, is the line for us. So because of what, all that Jesus has done, now let me get baptized into this. Sin has no hold on me. Death cannot contain me. Christ in us has overcome. Please don't think that at the beginning of your Christian walk you need to go, oh, I'm just gonna get this bit sewn up, this part of my life sorted out before I before I go all in on Jesus. Promise you, you won't get it all sewn up. I can tell you, like, I was, ba- I, I don't know how, it was like years, decades ago that I was baptized. I, I haven't got it all sewn up. I could still be waiting now to go, oh, I'm all in, to, to get to that point. But he says, let's do it right here at the beginning. This is something that happens at the beginning of your journey. So let's go. Let's go with the, let's go and do this at the beginning. Of our journey, and may, you know, we're at the beginning of this term. We're at the beginning of this journey through the Gospel of Mark. Maybe you're the, at the beginning of your Christian life. Maybe you have you need to even take that first step. So, so perhaps e- even today, you're going. Actually, I want today to be the beginning of my life with Jesus. I I, I can already see that there's something about him. I can already see there's something so good, something so eternal, something so enthroned about him that I want to reach out for, Just, just like Her Majesty the Queen reached out her hand into his. Maybe there's something that you want to do that too. Maybe this morning is that morning to do that for you. You'll know. You'll know if your heart's kind of going for it as we speak you'll know as we talk about baptism if your heart's going actually i i really need to i I really want to publicly declare that jesus is my lord those that's happening on the 23rd we've got this whole journey ahead of us this whole amazing journey to see and go deeper with jesus and and it's gonna it's going to be our our new season from from, from now right through to, to Easter. I'm so looking forward, I'm so looking forward to just like understanding him more, to, to seeing him more, to to seeing how he cares for his church, how he identifies with his church, how he sustains them, how he suffers with them. Oh, I need to hear about this Jesus. I wonder if you do too should we stand we're just gonna we're just gonna pray to finish and then we'll and then we'll get out of here for today Hmm. oh heavenly father we thank you for the gift of your son jesus christ who you proclaimed as king You declared it to a world as he was brought up out of, out of the waters of baptism. We thank you, O oh God. Jesus, we thank you that you came into this world to release us from sin and death. Two things that we know are still very much with us. And Lord, we turn to you. We say we, we want to we identify with you. Just as you identify with your church, we, Lord, we want to say we want to we be baptized with you. We want to go all in with your kingdom, all in with your death, all in with your resurrection. That you might bring your kingdom life in us and we might tell this story to many others. Holy Spirit, would you empower us with your grace this morning? And just as we just as our eyes are closed here, just gonna just gonna take a a moment if if you're wanting to respond to Jesus for the first time, or maybe you're wanting to return to Jesus like this baptism of repentance coming back. just as our eyes are closed, maybe you want to just lift your hand if that's, if that's you. Thank you. Thank you. Well done. Well done. We'd love to pray for you. Lord, I thank you that you have come that we might have life in all its abundance. And Lord, I'm sorry for the things that I have done wrong. And I turn to you and I say, save me. I'm not worthy to even untie your shoelaces and yet you're there saying, you're there identifying with me. You're there knowing exactly what my life, my sufferings, my joys are I thank you for it. And Lord, I want to live this life with you. I want to start my eternal life with you today. Thank you, Jesus. I turn to you. Thank you, Lord. Um, amen, amen.